You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. So, Ryan, I'm always confused about SEO, and I know that <laughs> I a lot of people us. are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's uh, this is going to be a very interesting episode then, because I think you're going to tell us today about three myths in SEO and ones that, that most commonly come up as you're talking with prospects and clients in your day to day. I do think that SEO is way more expensive than it should be. I think that results on the work are always out four to six months, which is the way it should be with SEO. It's a compounding effort. Mm -hmm. But I do think, you know, there's a lot of myths out there and is a lot of black hat stuff that, that people promote. My gut can tell me what's the best between those two and what I should and shouldn't do from a, a moral standpoint, maybe. But, <laughs> you know, I still think there's a lot of myths out there. Right? There are. So, Maybe this ends up as quite a, a few part series, maybe, because I know there's more than three myths. There are. I'm sure there's hundreds. We could do a, a podcast just on this, probably. But probably. I want to hear your top three. Okay. So how did you choose three? We'll talk about three. How did you choose three today? Well, it's in the conversations, I, I anything I repeat a lot of times, I'm like, okay, this is obviously a pretty consistent conversation or thought process that's happening among these mm -hmm. businesses. And just the general bell curve, the majority of businesses I talk to end up being less than you know $5 million online. So in that mm -hmm. SMB bucket, when I'm talking to, to the masses, you know, some of the larger businesses or brands you and I work with, most of them, I can't say that as a fact, but a lot of them have through trial and error figured out a lot of the myths and like, okay, we do need to be investing in yeah. SEO or doing these things because they've either hired somebody that knew how to do it or they were like, hey, we started having negative things happen and oh, we weren't doing SEO. Those bigger brands, though, they have the money to, to do trial and error. They do. Yeah, you can run some SEO and it fails. You're like, okay, well, at least we had the other SEO going that was working. So, mm -hmm. and it's, I think a lot of brands should be doing trial and error pretty consistently, but it's just on a much smaller scale when you're small and yeah. you may not be able to test much in the SEO world because as you said at the beginning, it is expensive. Yeah. It's one of the larger line items by itself. You know, if you look at paid search as a whole, the paid search is probably larger and it includes the spend. But when you're breaking out the management fee, generally an agency is getting paid a management fee for paid search and SEO and the SEO is mm -hmm. usually larger. Well, I think there's more effort hand-to-hand -hand combat that goes into SEO, right? Where in my view, and again, this could just be a myth that I have, paid searches, you set it up and then you're spending Google's, you're spending money at Google, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, you can tweak it, et cetera, but you're basically just letting Google spend money at that point, right? Where with SEO, you need to continually be doing content, trying to get go out and contact people to get backlinks. Every single thing you can do for SEO that I can think of off the top of my head that, that is not black hat is typically something that requires effort and time mm -hmm. where that's going to cost more money. True. And I think it's a lot of the smaller businesses I've talked to that have just been successful businesses, I think. Many of the owners had a background in SEO where they knew they okay. could do a lot of their own work. So that large expense was their time, not actually a cash out of the business. Um, so that could also just be, hey, there's some value here because everybody likes to refer to this as the free clicks. Maybe that's my myth right. sub point. Like th there are no free clicks on the internet. <laughs> They're costing someone somewhere somehow to get traffic, mm -hmm. whether you paid for it six months ago or you paid for it right at the click. 
it costs money. All right, so what's the first myth then? The first one I come up across a lot, it's kind of a just a main point as well, that small brands don't need to be investing in SEO until they're bigger. And I can honestly see how hmm. brand owners get to this point or viewpoint because I've been there. You know, if you look at all of your top non-brand keywords that are driving sales through Google ads, you're going to see mm -hmm. Amazon, Walmart, Nordstrom, and, and much larger competitors that dominate the top of the queries. You're so far yeah. behind them as a brand new site. Why try at the end of the day? Yeah, but they, they've been there forever and that's why they're up there, right? Exactly. So you're not going to go do SEO today and then in six months overtake Amazon, Walmart, Target, Nordstrom mm -hmm. that are already the top four. It's, just, I, it's not going to happen unless you get crazy lucky or black hat and then it goes away anyway. You also have to understand, though, that every 90 days on Google, 15% of the searches that are being done on Google haven't been done before. And so there's constantly wow. new stuff. 15%? 15%. Now, that stat is probably a couple of years old. I don't know how much has changed, but that's been a pretty consistent well, stat coming from Google for a while that that's crazy yeah. there's a lot of new things and a lot of that is going to be weird trends or you get a you know some crazy tiktok thing like the you know nobody had probably ever looked at the whatever the ice bucket challenge no. before <laughs> that happens you're like all of a sudden ice bucket challenge what do you mean oh well there's a few million searches for it and there never have been before to capture those though you have to be you know doing something so doing nothing means it's going to be very hard to capture them when they come up but mm -hmm. there's a piece of your site called domain authority, which is how Google and search engines see your site and say, how relevant is this? And how is it mm -hmm. in a good neighborhood? The higher your domain name, the more exclusive your gated community, essentially. And all of the backlinks okay. going into that essentially give you more and more access to better and better communities, if you will. And yep. so SEO, from a broad stroke standpoint, includes content you know the blogs and the content you're putting on your site which is like it on a collection or a category page what's the description you're putting on there what's the title you're putting at the top mm -hmm. the, all of that is seo and if you're not paying somebody that's an expert for that that means the business owner and if you don't have a background in seo you're likely not the best person to be writing that content or choosing some of those keywords oh this is the same thing i say all the time around reading the label from inside the jar right you know your products you're not going to be able to work in the phrases or words for somebody who is new to file has no idea what the product is yeah and there's some some basic things maybe but you might need a nuance within your words to have a chance to show for certain terms because you're going to be starting more long tail rather than saying, you know, I've come across some new sites that are like their category is men's. I was like, well, mm -hmm. I mean, technically <laughs> those are men's shirts, but let's maybe make it men's fitted t-shirts because mm. you're much more likely to be able to spend money on that type of term and make it work. You're not going to spend money yep. on paid search on the word men's and this mm -hmm. title category to h1 tag and content you're putting on that page allows you to get a higher quality score so it's seo technically by what the work is being done by but it has a positive impact on your paid search campaigns which is likely where you're spending more of your time and energy so would you recommend that a founder to save some money and get things rolling they take the first pass and then hand that off to a technical seo person i don't think that's a bad thing at all I and mean, i think that it's probably, this is a horrible broad statement, but I make a lot of those on this on this podcast. 
it's <laughs> probably easier for an SEO person to revamp something that you've already done and say, okay, you've got okay. the title, the H tag, the description. I can see what you're doing here. I'm just going to insert some keywords, make it flow a little better, make it more relevant mm-hmm. to the paid search terms there. I see you've got a blog there. Step one, I don't have to set up the blog as an SEO. You've already got it. Let's just add one in there. And I will say this too, like if you are a business owner or a, a marketing team and you are already in the habit of writing content or a blog and you bring an SEO agency or individual in to do some of that, you're going to see what they're doing and you're going to be able to pick up some of that from them and be like, oh, I saw what they did with the keywords on that blog. That was a good idea. I'll do that on my next one as well. And so you'll be able to learn from that just by observing. Like, hey, they're a quality mm-hmm. SEO. I see what you did with the title, how you spaced it. Oh, I see how you used H tags within that document. I can do that as well when I put my own content out there. So I think it's valuable for a company to do their own content, regardless of their size, because I think there's a brand voice yep. as well. And like our team, for example, um, does a lot of SEO. We do a really good job. But one of the things that becomes difficult is really getting a, a external writer to understand brand voice and execute that. And so if you've got a really key brand you're building and you want the voice a certain way, you're probably going to want a content person. Maybe your your uh, social media person internally really understands that because they're taking the pictures, they're putting the content, responding to people. That person might write a better on-site blog from a, from a brand voice perspective. And then you mm-hmm. would just run that through your SEO team to say, hey, I need to make sure this has got the right keyword density and it's and it's mocked up correctly to maximize the SEO juice we're going to get from this blog. And we do that for quite a few clients as well. Okay. Awesome. What's the second myth that you'd like to chat about today? <laughs> and this one we kind of took at the beginning. SEO is expensive and it's far outside my budget. That okay. can be true, but I would say more than more likely it's it's false. It is a myth. And okay. I tell companies that you you better not speak to just one SEO company. Like there's going to be multiple ways to price it. There's going to be multiple options within the space. There's some things you will want as a brand hiring SEO company. Like you, you need to make sure there's transparency. You need to make sure that there are a list of things that the agency is responsible for and timelines associated with that. There needs to be a lot of integrity and follow through from an SEO agency that if they can put that in front of you and then execute against that, that's a very generally a very good agency. But I'll let you let everybody in on a little bit under the hood for an agency real quick. And that almost all agency pricing boils down to an hourly rate you're paying your employees and the markup that you need to cover overhead, owner pay or or distributions and and mm-hmm. also be competitive. But it all boils down to hourly pay. Like SEO, they might charge you $2,000 a month for SEO, but they know that that's going to be this many hours and this is their markup to make it work. Like they're not just going to throw 2,000 out there and not pay attention to the hours going into that to make sure they're profitable. And so yeah. you're not getting unlimited work for $2,000. So just understand that, that that most agencies that are doing white hat SEO and, and have integrity and have a good reputation are not going to be gouging you and charging an astronomical rate because they, they'll they lose clients very quickly by somebody saying- yeah, There's too much, too much competition. Yeah, I paid you five grand. You did easily $1,000 of work. I can see the hours from a business perspective. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, 
and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. Let me ask you this. What what is the minimum budget you would put towards SEO just to get started, right? Like if you don't have X, then don't don't even bother starting with SEO. I would say you should probably be investing at least 1500 bucks a month. Okay. Like I don't think you need okay. to be going 10 grand and, and really getting aggressive initially. And I think there's some value mm-hmm. to building up over time and seeing results and, and then doing more. But you can you know, start small and I would have an SEO team focus offsite almost exclusively. Like getting it, a good SEO agency knows how to get backlinks, quality backlinks effectively. Okay. And so they can go out and do that. And it would take you as a business owner much longer to figure that out. Whereas you as a business owner can at least get a blog up and target the same right. keywords, which we'll talk about probably a little later. But those backlinks go mm-hmm. back and increase your domain authority. And over time that compounds. And so I tell business owners, as you're starting yeah. your business, SEO is a spend now, get something later marketing. Like four to six months, you're going to see the results of good SEO in four to six months. Paid search, you are spending now, getting now. And and as a business owner, you like that because you're seeing fruit very quick and it's exciting. You're like, ah, I spent a hundred bucks and I made 150 in profit. Life is great. SEO, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I've told people it's like growing apples versus going to the store and buying them. Right. Like you can go buy apples Mm -hmm. and you have apples. Right. And you can make an apple pie, do whatever you want to do with them. And that's paying Google for traffic. Yep. Right. You put money in, you get what you know you're going to get back. But you could also grow your own apples and they're free and you could still have the same outcome of making apple pie. Right. But you you're going to have to wait for that tree to mature and then it's got a fruit and then, you know, you don't know exactly how many apples you're going to end up with. Mm -hmm. So, but it's free. Uh, You got to buy the tree and you do you got to spray for bugs or you get worms and things. So there is like ongoing maintenance, maintenance, which is like SEO. Like you do have to, there's going to be some costs, but it'll be much smaller. Like I might pay, because we grow apples here and I've got, I don't know, probably, probably 15 apple and pear trees ballparking it Mm. on property. And we bring somebody out in the spring that sprays this insecticide type mm-hmm. organic thing that makes sure that worms don't crawl in all my fruit. And that might cost me 200 bucks right. for all 15 trees. And so it's like, yeah, that's per tree somewhere around, let's just say 10 bucks easy. That's one week of apples at my house. And so right. I'm I'm making money on it and, and my kids get to pick them and enjoy them. And so there's value there for <laughs> me too, but I could sell them. I've got a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, instead, they, they end up rotting and attracting bees. And isn't it great? <laughs> there you go. Well, right. But I think, you know, you made a good point that there is some cost and some effort, right? Mm-hmm. But that compounds over time and that you have the tree that matures, it gets bigger, it continues to fruit where ads you spend that money you get it right back but it's gone yeah like you're you're not you're not getting that money back right there's no compounding effort there no and that's i think the compound is the key thing that most people will get out of this Mm -hmm. point is that look at seo as as investing because it's going to have compound interest you know if i was smart when Mm -hmm. i was just out of college 22 and started saving i would be in a much better spot for retirement now than i because of the power of compound interest you and and me and everyone (laughs) else i know the number of people that were i was that i knew when i was 22 zero of us were investing for our future it was you know beer and going clubbing what a waste yeah i mean (laughs) now somebody once told me That first car you bought when you got out of college, and it wasn't anything fancy, right? But it was like, if you had put that 23,000 bucks, whatever it was for the car back then, 
into the market, what would that be worth today? And like, we did the math and I was just like, holy shit. Like, what, are, <laughs> yeah. what was, I was, that, was that car really worth that? No, no. <laughs> I could have, I could have, should have biked everywhere. Yeah. Right. My ego tells <laughs> but, me, oh, it was definitely worth it <laughs> at the time. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, I didn't have to bike everywhere, so yeah. it had some utility, and but yeah. 22 year old Ryan was an idiot. Yeah, well, <laughs> we all are. The okay, so depending on who you ask, I'm still an idiot. What's your third one? You now we know that okay, it's going to cost some money, that it's compounding, right? And that you really need to invest early. Mm -hmm. What's your third one? This one is there might be some flack for this, but uh, there's a lot of people that assume that if I pay for a SaaS platform where they do the hosting, then I don't need to worry about technical SEO or site speed or any of those things because. The Shopify, the big commerces, the the square spaces mm -hmm. of the world, they're just gonna take care of it. You know, and that's why people do it. Because you know, Magento sucked when you had to host it yourself and it broke or it was yep. slaggy. Um, SaaS, you're fine. And there were probably a lot of people on SaaS platforms in September last year that had that Google Core update mm. come through that got very surprised when their top rankings dropped pretty significantly. Yeah. And the problem is you've got multiple options within those platforms from a theme perspective. You know, just because mm -hmm. somebody can make a theme on Shopify that looks really cool and is exactly how you want your brand to be portrayed doesn't mean that it's going to load quick or appropriately on all devices and that Google's going to love it from an SEO standpoint. Because usually right. those skill sets are very different. Not all the time, but usually. And so you'll have, you know, apps you can add into Shopify or BigCommerce that are going to slow the load down, that Google's going to recognize that and be like, oh, your site's loading slow. Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't appear that way, but Google's seeing it and saying, God, this app won't load for 30 seconds. Therefore, we're dinging you. And so that Google Core update in 21 did impact a, a, not a small number of, of companies that I've seen as far as their top three, top 10 rankings dropping mm -hmm. over the next few months. Some of them were able to fix, figure it out quick enough and get those rankings back, but a lot of them didn't, you know, and, yeah. and it can be a business owner issue too. Like if you put a massive five megapixel giant image, <laughs> that's one of your images on a product page, Google does, it's not going to, it's not going to load quick. And Google's gonna be like, yeah, what yeah. the heck are you doing? You need to shrink your images. And then if your descriptions aren't very good, they're like, the one right out of the digital camera instead of actually what the product is, that's not going to be great. And I think more and more, I think there's going to be the algorithms on the search engines are going to be recognizing sites that are helping those with disabilities. And that's been a, there's, mm. in the past, you've helped set your site up for people with disabilities specifically to avoid the lawsuit that some random lawyer is going to find right. your site and send you a cease and desist or send you a lawsuit saying they just want to settle for five grand type thing. And that was the pain enough to get people to switch. But I think the mm -hmm. bigger one is going to be Google and Bing can start seeing some of that data and say, oh, well, you're not you're not compatible from an ADA standpoint. So forget. And it might already be in the algorithm. I think it is to some degree, right? They want alt images and alt tags, things like that, that are good for them, helpful for them. Mm -hmm. Because let's be honest, a bot is essentially uh, very similar to some disabilities, mm -hmm. meaning that a bot can't see color, right? A bot can't always make out what an image is, right? So it needs the alt text, right? So you needs hierarchy tags, things of that sort to help you know what's a header and what's normal text, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So all of that stuff, I mean, if you're if you're in a screen reader, you're using a screen reader, all of that stuff's important, right? And I, I think inherently some of that stuff's baked in from what I understand. But yeah, I could see it taking more precedent for sure. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I think it is interesting. A lot of people will pay to install something that prevents them from getting a lawsuit um, versus just fixing their site. Like, just <laughs> fix the site, have a better customer experience. You'll make more money. Yeah. And <laughs> and honestly, those plugins, There's I've done a lot of research on this because we have some partners yeah. that help clients. Just by putting that on there, you're, you're probably more likely to get sued mm-hmm. because they know they don't work very well. And they're like, oh, you know this is a risk. Yep. You got a problem and you're more likely to settle. It's interesting you say that. I actually had a friend who put that on and then a month later and they were like, no, no, but I put this on. They're like, yeah, no, it doesn't solve the key issues. Yeah, because so. a built with list tells them, hey, who installed this in the last month? <laughs> yep. There's my prospect exactly list it. as a lawyer. That's exactly it. I hate that. Um, yeah. So if you're on a platform like a Shopify, BigCommerce, et cetera, you still need to do your own technical SEO be concerned about site speed. There are ways and factors in your control. Yes. Is that don't right? just okay. don't assume that the platform, because they are fast, big commerce and Shopify in particular, both those companies have done a great job on the back end to make their platforms fast and look really good to Google. Yep. You can screw it up though. <laughs> and <Yeah>. just <laughs> be careful. Because <laughs> you probably will if you're not paying attention to those things. Yeah, for a while, everybody was like, you know, the Shopify site speed grader on, in the admin panel is the world's biggest lie. And it's like, well, they're they're trying to tell you that you're doing some things incorrectly and it's not their platform. But it comes across as to, un, you know, to uneducated Shopify users that it's Shopify that's slow. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well... Probably not. No. Um, You've done some things that are dumb, probably. (laughs) Well, okay. So I think you have a bonus. Yeah, yeah. We do have a minute left. I had one on here just in case we had some time left. But it's, it's one that I think a lot of people assume as a business that all I need is traffic. And once I get traffic, mm-hmm. I'm good. Or once I get enough traffic, I just go to John and it'll start converting. And mm-hmm. once you're in the space, you know, I know that all traffic is, is not equal. In fact, I had a funny, funny antidote. I'll get to it quick. I had a, a partner come to me and say, hey, the current agency they're working with sent this over to them so they don't know if they want to talk. And they sent they did a case study on them, so they must be happy. I'm like, oh, my, let me look at the case study. They were running Google ads, had a $5,000 budget. They said, oh, we did a great job for this company. Um, we got them 7,200 or 7,400 visitors at an average CPC of $1.45. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. next line. Nothing. That was it. They got 7,200 and 7,400 visitors at $1.41. I'm like, that's weird. Why? There's no like quality of that. And then the, yeah. the next sentence, and I did the math, by the way, and it comes to $10,000, $10,148 or something. So right, I'm like, which, uh, it, not which. <laughs> it looks like they overspent by about five grand. So that doesn't make any sense. That would piss me off as a brand. And then the next yep. one was, yeah, and then we got uh, over four months. We got sixty three hundred uh, visitors for a dollar ten. I'm like, I told, I wrote back. And I was like, I really don't know what this, the case study is saying, but just sending traffic to a site. I was like, because they were looking for guarantees if they went came to us. I'm like, I guarantee them, I can get them more traffic cheaper. That part's easy. Yeah. I can spend. I'll get. I'll put a display ad out there for at a penny. Get them half a million <laughs> visitors for five thousand dollars. They will get zero new clients out of this. Yeah. But they got a lot, they got half a million visitors. <laughs> like, so all traffic's not equal. Yes. And you get a lot of people that have looked at information or found something that says, oh, you have to blog and that's part of SEO, which SEO, yes, is a big piece of SEO. 
Mm-hmm. But the point of blogs is really to have content on the site that can that can be backlinked to. Because what search engines often don't want those backlinks going to a product. They want them going to okay. content. So content there, it gives you keyword density on the site. Let's Google see that you're regularly updating the site mm-hmm. with content about the keywords. And then also can build brand awareness for the brand. But blogs don't get read a lot. Like you don't find a lot of people spending time on blog. I mean, the last time I read a blog, I I don't, well, I guess uh, when I'm cooking, I will find a cooking blog and read like a Pinterest Mm -hmm. article. Pinterest usually leads to some stupid article that I have to skip. I don't care that grandma (laughs) in the summer would open the windows and the smells. (laughs) I'm like, give me the recipe. (laughs) So technically I'm reading a blog, but I really just skipped it and went to the recipe. But the the blogs aren't there for the people to read. They're there just Mm -hmm. for technical SEO things. And so like in the cooking example, I would personally, if I was trying to build a blog that would generate business for me, I probably wouldn't go create a cooking blog. There are so many cooking blogs out there that the saturation, unless I had some really crazy unique thing, Mm-hmm. To really get excited about a blog, like you've got to probably focus on something that doesn't have a lot of content already. Like we've got a client that's in the beard oil space, and mm-hmm. they started blogging about beards like ten years ago when there yeah. wasn't a lot of people blogging about it. So they built up a lot of authority on Google of like, here's how you care for your beard, and you have long hair. Here's how you handle the in between mm-hmm. phases. And so that was a great move for them because they did it early on in the space. Just don't expect people to read your blog or come onto your blog and then come buy things off that necessarily. It's usually I not say this all the time when people put blog in their main navigation of their site. It's like, don't send people back up the funnel, right? Your blog is the very tippy top of your funnel. Mm-hmm. The goal is to drive traffic. And you w- once somebody has gone from your blog to your site, stop sending them back to the blog. <laughs> You're just sending them up the funnel. Mm-hmm. Or don't even, if they land on a product detail page or even on your homepage, don't send them, that's further down the funnel. Don't send them back up to the blog. So I think if you're looking at that funnel, the blog is the absolute top. And the whole goal of, the, of that is to get a, a showing in search results and to get people to click through and come to your site. But then you very quickly want to get them to a conversion point or a shopping journey. And uh, a blog just isn't that. No. And you'll use remarketing on that probably and fill a funnel and use that. But, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, you're going to find a lot of traffic on blogs and analytics and people get excited about traffic. And you're like, the, the revenue number on the right side of that analytics page shows $0. Yeah. So. Yep. And in the inverse, like people are like, my traffic dropped. Oh, we had a block that a, dro- uh, a blog that fell off rankings for some mm-hmm. reason, but your revenue went up because the important pages got more traffic. So who cares about the traffic? Like it's yeah. an ego thing, like, but I'd rather have more money in the bank than a bigger ego. There you go. All right, Ryan. Well, this has been entertaining. Thank you for the hot takes on SEO. I do think we could do more of these. I'd love to hear hear more so. of these. I think maybe next episode I'll do hot takes on CRO and we can bounce this back and forth a few times. It'll be fun. Works for me. Let's do it. All right, sir. All All right. Have a good Thank job. you. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.